When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2, ESPNU. Listen all across the country on all of our great ESPN radio stations. ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and you can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. What a weekend this was in sports, in football specifically. Congrats to Smalls, who ran yet another half <laughs> marathon. What, number 24? Number 24. Number 24 on your life, in your life, which is just unbelievable. And congrats to CeCe, who had all of his family in town, and uh, he's here. After yeah, that. Yeah, you could say that Smalls and I both survived marathons <laughs> this weekend, if you want to call it that. Celebrating my mother-in-law's 75th birthday. Wow. And then you have a situation where my parents are in town as well for a charity event. So there was this whole meeting of the minds type of thing going on. And 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 Smalls, it hasn't always been the smoothest ride when yeah. my mom and my mother-in-law get together. But everybody played nice in the sandbox. We made it through. We had a nice birthday dinner for her on Saturday. Cut the cake yesterday. And everybody's going home today, thank God. We both crossed the finish line. There we go. There we go. There we go. (laughs) I had a marathon driving home from here on Friday in a storm. My God. Four hours. And I live an hour away. But man, oh man. We're all here. It takes a while to get back to his palatial estate. That's right. We have to go to the mansion. His palatial estate and then tri-state enclave that he lives in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was to the east wing. Then it took another hour to get the to the west wing. <laughs> so last night, I got to be honest, it felt like the biggest game ever in the history of football. That's what it felt like. You've never seen a regular season game like this. I was thinking about this. Which sideline, which sporting event has more pomp and circumstance? Good word, Nuno, our producer, threw out that out there, the pomp and circumstance. A Colorado football game or a Chiefs football game? Where is there Ooh. more celebrity status right now? If you go to the Dion games... Or you go to the Kelsey games. I got to go with the Kelsey games. And this is no disrespect to all of the star power that's come out for Colorado. But did you see all the celebrities in the box last night? Unbelievable. That How many billions of dollars in box office revenue was in that box last night? Or Grammy Awards? Like, it was insane. So, Smalls, can you do the rundown for us? Because I saw Hugh Jackman walking in with Taylor Smith, but I might have missed everybody else. Who else was there? So, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds were there. Okay. Sophie Turner, Game of Thrones, Sansa All Stark, right. was there. We had Hugh Jackman. We, I think Anthony from Queer Eye was there. There's a whole squad of people that were there. There it was, was a guy from Succession there, but I don't know that he was in the box with them. I don't think he was with, with them. them. Yeah. Kendall Roy. Classic Kendall Roy. Right? <laughs> and then they, they walk in, and we're showing the video on ESPN2, ESPNU, and you it, it was just the biggest pomp and circumstance ever. And there were so many celebrities there that I actually missed, because I tweeted it at Evco Radio, and people were like, oh, you didn't include Hugh Jackman. I'm like, I didn't see you, Jackman. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just included Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, and then I have to see Taylor Swift. And then you see Aaron Rodgers as well. Is he like the up. footnote? 
to the Taylor Swift squad? Like, it feels like Aaron Rodgers being there was secondary to Taylor Swift showing up in back-to-back Chiefs games. 100%. But okay. from, a, from a football right. perspective, I give him a ton of credit, actually, for last night, which we'll get to in a second. But, I mean, you had the NBC opening, which I loved. I know a lot of people ripped on social media. They did it in a whole spoof with Carson Daly on The Voice, and they basically acknowledge the fact we are about to enter into probably what is going to ultimately be the most viewed regular season game maybe in NFL history. Honestly, like when the numbers come back for this. And so what they did was they had the voice opening and they're trying to explain the situational uh, football aspect to the Swifties that may not be football fans. So literally you have Carson Daly on there saying, well, okay, so this guy, Travis Kelsey, is a big time tight end. He plays for the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, a dynastic team, and they're going up against the Jets. And there's no Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the great quarterbacks of all time, and that's where you get ready for this game. And then they played the Welcome to New York Taylor Swift song, which I got to be honest, I never heard before last night in my entire life. Oh, really? Never heard it. It is so good. Never heard it. I can't stop listening to it. Oh, it's great. It's It's so good. And then I played it for my wife, and she's like, I've never heard this either. Welcome to New York. We've been waiting for you. It was so good. It motivated me so much. For some reason, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm just sitting on a couch. I'm not playing. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and then the game starts, and they're doing all the cutaways to Taylor Swift, as they should, because you have probably millions upon millions of people that are there to actually watch. And then right off the bat, the Chiefs are just destroying them. 17 yeah. nothing right off the bat, and we're thinking, okay, here we go again. The Swifties <laughs> are going to go home. There's something else they're going to do. And out of nowhere... The New York Jets, led by Zach Wilson, in front of Taylor Swift and Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, have this massive comeback to a point that we're sitting there 2020 late. Chiefs end up winning the game. But man, I give I give the Jets a ton of credit for hanging last night, Zach Wilson specifically, and they should not let Aaron Rodgers go home because it is clear that Aaron Rodgers speaking to that team and defending Zach Wilson and saying stop pointing figures gave Zach Wilson a little confidence last night. Well, I thought the impact was on Zach Wilson more so than the rest of the team. And let's not forget how the party got started. We want to give Zach all of the kudos, but it got started on Bryce Huff being able to force that that face mask penalty on Jawan Taylor in the end zone. The safety ends up getting them points, gets the ball back, they get a field goal, and then after that you're talking about a touchdown. So I just think that's that's really how it really turned for the New York Jets, the defense being the catalyst and then creating short fields and extra possessions for the offense. Now, what I will say is this. Zach made some big boy throws last night. Mm -hmm. Like, there were some impressive throws that he had. I mean, the back shoulder touchdown throw to Alan Lazard, he couldn't fit that into a tighter window. But he also had the the slot fade to the tight end, uh, uh, Conklin, and then he had the – the uh, pass down the sideline to Jeremy Ruckert. Like, those are big boy throws for um, a quarterback. And so being able to see him actually go out there and rip it and then come out in that second half and lead that touchdown drive, I thought that was huge, not only for his own individual confidence, but the confidence of his team that they could compete and win with him as the quarterback. And that's something that we haven't seen over the last couple of starts. Absolutely. I don't know if it was kind of a a huge compilation of things last night with Aaron Rodgers saying that they need to grow up and the team here 
hearing that message because all of Zach Wilson's teammates had his back last night. Even before the end of the game, you saw them on the sidelines being positive. Melissa Stark had that report during the game about how everybody was hyping him up and letting him know that they were behind him. Nathaniel Hackett clearly gave him the old note from the bear, like you said, let it rip and open things up for him. Before, Evan, you pointed this out last week, it felt like the Jets were so afraid of Zach Wilson failing that they were holding him back. And they went into this game with confidence in him and they opened things up for him and we saw what he's capable of. I thought the Jets were going to win that game last night. They should have won that game last night. And even though they didn't, I think Zach Wilson deserves a lot of credit today. Yeah, here's the one thing I'll say. Zach, even though he had that fumble in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. that I thought thwarted their best opportunity to put points on the board and tie the Kansas City or I guess, yeah, tie the Kansas City Chiefs, it was a situation where it felt like the Jets created opportunities for him on early downs and distances to throw the ball. That's not something that we've seen from them, right? They ask him to manage the game, and then when they get behind the sticks, they're asking him to work a miracle, and that's just not in him. But I thought that their, their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, did a great job of sprinkling in their third-down passing concepts on first and second down, uh, downs and distances where defenses are preparing for the run. And I think that having that opportunity and being able to establish – a little bit of a run game with Brees Hall, set up one-on-ones downfield, and Zach did a great job of taking, taking advantage of him. So I think there's a lesson in it, not only for Zach, but also for Nathaniel Hackett and the coaching staff for the Jets on how they have to call a game in order for, to get the best version of him. Yeah, and I think the idea of using your pass game as your run game, which is basically what they did, they basically looked at Garrett Wilson and said, like, we don't need to throw it downfield to you at times. We could throw it literally as a screen on the line of scrimmage. Just a horizontal passing game It's fine with Zach Wilson. You don't need to have the vertical passing game all the time. The fumble you're referring to is literally on a snap if people didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And Zach Wilson on a shotgun snap fumbles the ball down 23-20. And then the Chiefs get the ball back, and there's a controversial call where there's a hold on Sauce Gardner on what was an interception by Patrick Mahomes, what would have been his potentially his third interception of the night. And that obviously ended the game, and then Patrick Mahomes had a huge run late, and he slid up early. And what happened was it was a nine-and-a-half-point spread. The Chiefs are up 23-20. <laughs> Mahomes, to stay in bounds late in the game, brilliant move by him, slides inbounds to make sure the clock was running. Everybody's going crazy from a gambling perspective because of the fact that if he scores that touchdown and assumingly they kick the extra point, it's then a 10-point, 30-20 victory for the Chiefs. And if you had Chiefs minus nine-and-a-half, uh. you cover. Well, a bad beat at the end of the game, but also the right play. There's no question that that was the right play by Mahomes by Mahomes, Um, and so in that scenario last night, you had a situation in which, yeah, the Jets kind of blew it with the Zach Wilson fumble. It's a controversial call on that play that Sauce Gardner with the hold, and Robert Sala goes crazy, the head coach of the Jets. It's called for an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which, of course, on this show, unsportsmanlike, we love um, anytime (laughs) that happens. And also, the Jets were complaining that there should have been another holding penalty on Kansas City at a different play. But that final drive was a 15-play, 45-yard, 7-minute and 24-second drive. You could look at that and say, well, they got lucky, et cetera, et cetera. But that is the mark of a great team. Closing out a game like that is just phenomenal by the Chiefs. Yeah, converting third and 22 is not luck. That's just Pat Mahomes is brilliant. (laughs) I mean, if you don't want to lose the game in that situation, you got to find a way to get off the field under those circumstances. And the Jets defensive front didn't do a great job of being tied together. They let Pat Mahomes out. And he is able to burn them. And I think that's what the game boiled down to. I know people want to point to the fumble. People want to point to the hold on Sauce Gardner or on MBS. And those plays didn't help the cause. 
But ultimately, it was about their offense being able to convert third downs on that drive and third downs in the fourth quarter. I mean, they had seven first downs in the fourth quarter. Three of them were on third downs. They were three for four on third down conversions in that fourth quarter. The strength of this Jets team is their defense. And so they're the ones that got the party started, but they weren't the ones to be able to close the show. And that's the thing that's got to be disheartening sitting here today because your offense played well enough to give you a chance, and yet your defense couldn't get off the field when it mattered the most. So that's the big thing that that stings today if you're a Jets fan. Now you hope that this is a moral victory for Zach Wilson moving forward and that he can build on this performance. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as Rob Solid did in the post-game press conference and say they're going to win a lot of games because he's going to play like that. But I-, I will say this. Their defense now has something to be excited about. Their locker room has something to be excited about because you saw signs of growth for the first time in a couple of years from Zach Wilson. All right, you guys can weigh in on the Dr. Pepper inbox here at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, and at Unsports ESPN, at Evco Radio as well. We have a few things up for you. Uh, better scene, the Chiefs games or the Colorado games, okay? You can weigh in on that, plus our Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey dating, which we will weigh in on in just a little bit, at Unsports ESPN. That poll question is up. You can weigh in on that, plus we want your unsportsmanlike moments from the weekend, okay? So that's the bad moments, the funny moments, the moments that make you kick yourself as a fan, That the bad beats like we just talked about at the end of the Kansas City uh, and Jets game. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your unsportsmanlike moments of the weekend, your worst or funniest moments moment of the weekend. Plus, is this a blip on the radar for the Dolphins or maybe some concern? Plus more on the Chiefs and the Jets. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. What do you mean? 68 points is not is not the under in that game? It is Unsportsmanlike <laughs> on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Your unsportsmanlike moments is part of the Dr. Pepper chime in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We will get to those in just a couple of minutes here. But the Bills and the Dolphins yesterday, yeah, it was billed as the big game. Now, it wasn't the pomp and circumstance that obviously the Taylor Swift, Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Hugh Jackman, Aaron Rodgers game was last night. But this was an absolute destruction by the Bills of the Miami Dolphins, 48-20. (laughs) <laughs> Josh Allen had four passing touchdowns, no interceptions, and a rushing touchdown. I, I gotta, I gotta say something here about this Bills team, and I have to own this a little bit. But I, I think when it happened, we all were right to do what we did. 
When the Buffalo Bills got annihilated in terms of the moral the morale on Monday Night Football, when they lost that game to the Jets, when Aaron Rodgers got hurt in that game, and they actually lost that game, and Josh Allen turned the ball over a million times, we came on the air the next day, and we did two things. We talked about the loss of Aaron Rodgers, obviously, and we talked about how bad Josh Allen was in that game, that we thought that he could not necessarily graduate himself into that elite-level starting quarterback if he continues to turn the ball over. Looking back on it, I think that game is going to end up being the most significant regular season game of the NFL season. Because what that may have done, it obviously eliminated Rodgers from the conversation. But I think that repositioned the Buffalo Bills in a way that is going to make them significantly better for the rest of the season. I think when we look back at this year in the NFL, opening night for the Bills and the Dolphins, excuse me, the Bills and the Jets will be one of the most significant games, if not the most significant game of the year. Yeah, I think the Bills came into this game with more questions than the Dolphins, and the Bills answered a lot of those questions with the way they played. That was a complete performance. You talk about how they just dismantled the Miami Dolphins. That was an ass-kicking from the opening whistle, and I, I just didn't think that it was possible to shut down this Miami Dolphins offense the way that they did. But credit to Sean McDermott, their head coach and also defensive play caller. I thought he put together a master class when it comes to defensive game planning. They made Tua hold the ball. He couldn't go to his first read or second read or most of his dropbacks, and I think that little bit of hesitation allowed their defensive front to be able to put pressure on the quarterback and make some errant mistakes, errant passes that we just haven't seen from them through the first three weeks. So I think that was probably the the biggest takeaway that their defense figured out something when it comes to slowing down this innovative Miami Dolphins offense. I thought Matt Milano was great in terms of matching up on some of those underneath coverages, some of those routes that ended up being safety valves in the Dolphins passing game. But again, credit to Sean McDermott for putting together a game plan to slow down this offense and then the guys on the offensive side of the ball for the Buffalo Bills keeping the pressure on by being able to score on eight of their first nine drives. We know when you line up against the Dolphins, you're going to have to score points to win that game. They took the challenge on themselves. They played relatively clean football. No turnovers for Josh Allen and company. And I think that complimentary football showed that the Buffalo Bills' best might be better than anybody else's best in the NFL. Yeah, this one felt personal. We were all celebrating the Dolphins after they hung 70 on the Broncos, as we should. But it felt like the Bills were like, hey, this has been our division for the past three years. And I know you guys think that you're announcing yourselves as the new class of the AFC East. It's like they slashed the tires on the parade float. (laughs) You know, they're like, okay, we're going to let you know who's still in charge here. And it was great to see Josh Allen have the performance that he did yesterday. And he and Stephon Diggs are really clicking as well. We talked a lot about the tension in the offseason six times 120 yards six connections I mean 120 yards three touchdowns mm. it just really feels like the Bills have rounded into form I don't think they do it without that first game I'm convinced I don't think they'd round into form to use your terms there Smalls without that first game they hit rock bottom really early which is a really good thing because they had 16 games left in the regular season to recover from that. That was such an embarrassment on Monday Night Football when Rodgers goes out and Josh Allen turns the ball over as much as he did that that has to be the wake-up call that they actually needed because this is a guy that wasn't fixing his turnover problem. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of stage was so important. I will continue to say that game, we will look back at it, it was the most important game, at least to date, of the NFL season.
Yeah, I, I mean, listen, anytime you have that kind of performance where you lose to an inferior team because of the mistakes you made, it's going to make you take inventory. And I think Josh Allen taking that long, hard look in the mirror makes a difference in terms of the version of him you're going to get. I think he's had one turnover since that game. And so if Josh Allen can play relatively mistake-free football, I think you can see what kind of team he has coming to the party. This is a really good squad. Now, the thing I'll say about what they did yesterday, and Steph and, and Josh Allen in particular – the best player for the Buffalo Bills offense was Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins, because he insisted on singling up Kadar Kuho on Stephon Diggs in too many occasions, and they were able to take advantage of him. I mean, you're talking about this guy having two touchdown catches on Kuho, including that long catch and run where you had the holding penalty on Kuho. So I just think you can't put a young player, a first- or second-year corner in that situation against one of the best receivers in the league. But, again, credit where credit is due. Josh Allen and Steph Diggs were able to take take advantage of it. Josh Allen was 9 of 10 on 12 dropbacks against man coverage yesterday, and he had a QBR of 98. Now his QBR in zone was 61. I don't know, Vic Fangio. Maybe you consider playing a little (laughs) more zone because you were having more success with it yesterday than you were in the man coverage. But either way, we're talking about the Buffalo Bills really looking as dominant as we've seen the Miami Dolphins offense at any point yesterday in their performance. And again, I think that was a statement not only to the rest of the NFL, but a statement to them about how good they can be this year. 888-SAY-ESPN, number to be a part of the show, and the Dr. Pepper call in line for your unsportsmanlike moments of the weekend. Let's talk with Jeff in Wisconsin on the ESPN app. What's up, Jeff? Hey, thanks for taking my call. So my unsportsmanlike slash bad beat goes to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I'm a Packers fan. And by the Vikings beating the Panthers yesterday, and of course the Bears doing what the Bears do, I am scared to death that the Bears are going to get the one and two pick in the draft. And if they do, I don't know how they can possibly screw it up. They have to take Caleb Williams. They're going to get a haul for the number two pick. And in two or three years, they have to be good, don't they? I mean, they just that is that be. is such an so amazing bad. unsportsmanlike moment, and thanks for the call. So basically you're saying as a Packers fan, <laughs> he's mad at the Vikings just in general, but specifically for beating the Panthers because the Panthers give their pick to the Bears this year because of the Bryce Young trade, which means the Bears will have one and two in the draft, at least as it is right now. He's not wrong. No, he's not I wrong. I mean, listen, it was a saying. great job by Matt Eberflus calling the code red yesterday. Instead of kicking the field goal to go up by three with, what, less than two minutes to go? He decided that he's going to go for it on fourth in what amounts to a long one or a short two, and they don't even get close. But I think protecting the worst record in the NFL is the best path forward for the Chicago Bears. Might not be the best path forward for the head coach, GM, and quarterback, but I think in order for this franchise to get on solid footing, they're going to have to tear it down and rebuild it again. And yesterday's loss combined with the Panthers' loss, goes a long ways to doing that. Yeah, but I loved how the caller said they have to be good, right? Meaning you're questioning if the team that has one and two in the draft will actually figure it out. I mean, Exactly. And that's a fair fair assessment. They might not figure it out. You don't think our buddies Cap and Jay Hood on the way in this morning on ESPN 1000 hear that call? And I know they both listen. You don't think they hear that call and have that thought to themselves, wait, if we get one and two, could we actually screw that up? You know they're thinking that. Coming up, we'll get more of your unsportsmanlike calls, plus Canny's NFL observations upon further review next. It's unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. He still reeks of sausage and jambalaya after another long NFL Sunday. It smells like jambalaya. But man, does he have some thoughts. This is Upon Further Review with Chris Ganty. Sausage and jambalaya? Really? Well, your old one was wings and mayonnaise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess, where, where I guess, are you getting I guess, this? I guess sausage and jambalaya that is better than wings sense. and mayonnaise, but yeah. still, not a, not a great combination. Not a great combination. <laughs> but you know what it is? My football takes off the weekend with the football music in the background. Well, we'll see that is that. a winning combination. Why you got to be a hater, man? Why you got to be a hater? Let's see. All right. Here we go. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Chris Canty has upon further review. All right, let's kick it off. Number three. The Falcons need Kirk Cousins more than the New York Jets do. I'm coming over to your side, Ev. Me and you seeing a take the same way, and that's hard to do. But you know what else is hard to do? Win games playing the way that Desmond Ritter played yesterday. Okay. The first Falcons drive that crossed midfield for them ends up being a pick six. And you know what Desmond Ritter does to follow that up? Throw another interception on the very next play. <laughs> back to back. I mean, you're talking about your team being in a 17 nothing hole coming out of halftime. Now, he put together one scoring drive. That was the beginning of the second half. But it was a lot of bad for that Falcons offense. And you can see the look on B. John Robinson like, what else I got to do, dog? What else <laughs> I got to do in order for my team to have a chance to be able to win a game? Arthur Smith, coach on the hot seat, they better find a way to upgrade at the quarterback position to take advantage of all the weapons that they have on that Falcons offense. Their defense played well enough to keep them in the game. The offense just didn't give them a chance. You know, I'm trying to understand the game plan here with the Atlanta Falcons when it comes to the quarterback position. You draft Drake London, USC, wide receiver, Bijan Robinson, Texas, running back, and Kyle Pitts, Florida, tight end. All three of them, if I'm not mistaken, all in the top ten of the draft. So they want to provide a quarterback with weapons. Did they think they were going the Brock Purdy route by underpaying, in essence, a quarterback and trying to pay everybody else? Because if so, I get it, but it's not working. When you know Nuno, our producer, pointed out, and, and I think it's, it's something I said previously to coming here, why weren't they all in on Lamar Jackson? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they would have gotten him, but at least showing your fans, hey, we want to get that guy. And it's not like Desmond Ritter is going to be like, I want out because you went after Lamar Jackson. <laughs> he's he's a third-round so, pick. If you want out, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, He's not a yeah. starting quarterback. And, and by yeah. the way, Tampa's in the lead in that division, which give them credit at 3-1 and one here. But this is a team unlike the Jets – and Zach Wilson's better than Desmond Ritter, that can make a move and still find a way to win the division here because of how bad that division is. Do something. 
I can't believe you just said Zach Wilson's better than Desmond Ritter. Are, are we, that, are we that, ready to say that after one, one good performance from Zach Wilson, Smalls, though? Let me tell one you something. One good performance. Yes, but yesterday, as a Pats fan, I felt like Zach Wilson was better than Mac Jones. I'm not saying he is, but I felt that way. Yeah, it was a good performance for Zach Wilson. But Desmond Ritter certainly doesn't seem like the guy. And also, guys, we talked about it being the Toy Story game. I don't know if you saw some brutal Toy Story memes about Desmond Ritter floating out there in the internet ether. Not a great day for him. He not feels like a, a lifelong great... backup, Desmond Ritter. Ten that, years NFL backup quarterback. That's exactly what he feels like. But you know who's not a lifelong backup? The guy that's in number two. Number two. Sam Howell to watch the Commanders. Ooh. One of my bold predictions coming into this season was that Washington was going to be a playoff team. I didn't say they were going to win the division, but they were going to be a playoff team. I saw nothing to dissuade me from that yesterday in Philadelphia. Tough environment, hard place to play the link, and Sam Howell leads a 10-play, 64-yard drive down by eight points, was it, in order— in order to get into, or down by seven, excuse me, in order to push that game into overtime. He had a minute 36 left on the clock, I believe, one timeout, and was able to make some big boy throws, and then follow that up by getting the coin toss and made a hell of a throw to Terry McLaurin, gave his receiver a chance to make a play for it, and we're talking about a Reed Blankenship forearm away from having a completion to put them in plus territory and give them an opportunity to win in Philadelphia. They won in Philadelphia last year. I get it, Taylor Heineke, not Sam Howe, but this is a team that's not afraid of the bar in the NFC East, which is the Eagles, and the fact that they were able to have that kind of performance bouncing back off of an abysmal outing against the Buffalo Bills the week before. It showed me the sports character of this team and also the sports character of the quarterback. I'm a big believer in Sam Howell and what the commanders can do this year. Yeah, you are. You had them making the playoffs, as you said, one of your bold predictions, so shout out to you because I didn't. I wasn't riding with you on that one, CeCe. I thought they would be okay. I didn't think they would be this good. And whenever I, I watch a game, I always think, who do I learn more about? And I feel like I learned more about the commanders than I did in the Eagles that game. And, you know, we need to start talking about Eric Bieniemy and his fingerprints being all over this Washington Commanders offense. He left Kansas City to prove he could do it outside of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and he's certainly getting the job done. You know, the other thing from this game that is becoming a ridiculous thing, at 31-30, Washington scores, times is done. They have their extra point, two-point conversion, whatever decision they make before they go to overtime. People are screaming and yelling that they should have gone for two, which is a ridiculous thing because of the fact they were in the game and they're a good team. There is a rule. In my head, a made-up rule. If you're down one and the clock has expired and there's one play left, it's either either an extra point or a two-point conversion. If the team you're playing is amazing and you stink, you can go for two. If I am, in essence, the Bears and I'm playing the Niners and it's 31-30, I can go for two. Not if I'm good. And Washington has proven that it's good, meaning I'm fine extending the game because I can hang with you. Before we get to your third observation, let's hear Ron Rivera's take, the head coach of the Commanders, as to why he went for one, which is the right move, versus two. Yeah, but you know what? Those guys, they were, they were gassed. They really were. I mean, it was a long-ass drive. They were hurrying. They are hustling. Um, you know, I really thought, you know, we, got, we had the chance, you know, and, and, and that's too bad. Even being gassed, you don't even need that excuse. No. You're good enough to extend the game. Yeah, and they were leading for most of the game. Like, they, they were they were eye-to-eye eye with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, anybody giving that take, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, again, I go back to the play in overtime, the seven route to Terry McLaurin. It was a perfectly placed ball. Sam Howell can't walk into Terry McLaurin any better. And, again, if Terry McLaurin's heel doesn't come down on Reed Blankenship's forearm – 
then you're probably talking about a completion in plus territory. So you got to miss me with the whole go for two. It was the wrong call to kick the extra point nonsense because the Washington Commanders had a chance to win that game. But there can only be one key observation for week four in the National Football League. Number one. The Bengals are done. The The Bengals are done. It's over with. Turn out the lights. The party's over. It's a wrap. Like, everybody holding on to this. Oh, well, with Joe Burrow out there, you got a chance. No, you don't. Because you know why? Joe Burrow is only out there by name. That ain't Joe Burrow playing quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Two of the last three games, you're talking about this offense scoring a grand total of three points. Three points. You got to cut it out. Look, this guy has the fewest pass yards through the first four games on an average in NFL history. 4.8 yards per attempt, he can't drive the ball down the field. And when this offense has been successful over the last two years, when they've gone back-to-back conference championship games, they've been able to push the ball down the field. Listen, people have to stop making excuses for the Cincinnati Bengals and stop holding on to hope that Joe Burrow is going to round into form and be a different quarterback. He's not. That calf injury ain't going to get better. He's a sitting duck in the pocket right now. And the reality is this team was up against it after the first two weeks. You know why? Because they lost the first two games, and they lost two games in the division to start the season. Since 2002, there have been six teams that have lost two games to start the season, and both of those games be in the division. None of them have made the playoffs. The Bengals are the seventh. It ain't going to happen for the Bengals this year. This is a gap year for Joe Burrow in terms of competing for championships. Yeah, because they've had slow starts in years past, we just assume that Joe Burrow is going to be Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to be the Bengals under Joe Burrow. And I thought that yesterday was going to be it for him, the bounce-back game that we've been waiting for. He practiced on Thursday and Friday. He's going up against a Titans pass defense that's vulnerable. And what does he do? 20 of 30, 165 yards, lost fumble. He does not look like himself at all. You know, I believe they played him on Monday Night Football against the Rams because they thought if they can play him on Monday Night Football against the Rams at 0-2, they win that game, they win the next two in their minds easily. At the Titans, huh. at the Cardinals. Huh. Now it's over. You, you think they're going to win against the Cardinals? No, what I'm saying is <laughs> I, I think that's, I think that's right. why he played against the Rams. Uh-huh. I think they played him against the Rams thinking we can roll off three in a row and be back. Well, congra- well congratulations, Zach problem. Taylor. You played yourself. Yeah, and now— Shout out to Ebro in the morning. <laughs> you played so yourself. Now, also, you've got a situation where Jamar Chase postgame, the wide receiver. Um, yeah, well, he had this to say about uh, his play on the field. I'm open. I'm always open. Excuse my profanity. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it uh, doesn't really matter if your quarterback is hurt like he is, obviously, in Joe Burrow, and he cannot get you the football. I mean, and that's going to be a problem in Cincinnati, yes, at the Cardinals, who— it's amazing about the Cardinals. Josh Dobbs has done a heck of a job, and the more you think about it, yesterday, speaking to that AFC North, Josh Dobbs would have lot, looked a lot better in a Browns uniform than what they had as their backup quarterback, and the Browns just basically gave him away at the end of preseason because they thought, hey, you know what? Their rookie quarterback, DTR, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, right? Mm-hmm. That's his name. There you yeah, go. Um, would be fine. Well, um, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't fine. Speaking of not being fine... Yep. Sorry, Chicago. The Bears have to have a uh, conversation about them. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. I am going to say this weekend that Russell Wilson has three passing touchdowns and no interceptions against the Chicago Bears in a win. Amazing. Russell Wilson, three passing touchdowns, no interceptions. Broncos beat the Bears this weekend. That is correct. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, I'm Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's on college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. You can give us a call and give us your unsportsmanlike moment of the weekend. Bad moment, funny moments, crazy moments that you saw this weekend. Like, Trent Dilfer going crazy on the sidelines for <laughs> yeah. UAB. Oh, of course. That's an unsportsmanlike moment. Not happy with one of his assistant coaches over the weekend. Well, yes, uh, the Denver Broncos came back and beat the Chicago Bears 31-28. The Bears are up 28-7 in the third quarter with about 4-11 to go. The Bears have now lost 14 straight games. And this game changed when one thing happened. It changed when Sean Payton cut his sleeves (laughs) mid-game. That is not a joke. Everything happened. He went all Belichick. And they put. They had the equipment guy pull his sleeves down, and then started cutting his sleeves. <laughs> and he had the half sleeves. I guess he was hot. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom! But this was such a disaster for the Chicago Bears, and specifically Matt Eberflus, their head coach. It's fourth and one, twenty-eight all. We're showing the video on ESPN2, ESPNU, by the way, of, of the sleeve cutting there with Sean Payton. Uh, um, I don't know. Did it open up, like, blood flow to his brain? I'm telling you. Way? We have to figure out what was the – I think it was 28-7 at the moment he cut his <laughs> sleeves. 
Down and 21 then, points. There we go. That's yeah. his rally. Like, you know how in baseball they have a rally cap? Yeah. Well, for Sean Payton, it's cutting his sleeves off. Rally sleeves? There you go. Does rally sleeves. Does he have sleeves. to do this every game now? Is this uh, now I guess you have to now, right? I mean, I know players and coaches are superstitious in sports, but yeah. if you can come back from down three touchdowns the way that you did with the defense that you have and your defense be the reason why you win the game, then hell yeah, you should cut them sleeves every single game. If but you got to pick the right moment to cut the sleeves, though. Of like, course. You can't cut the sleeves at the wrong time. It's got to be at the precise moment where you feel like you can put the rally together. I mean, sometimes you need that rallying cry. As stupid as that sounds. It's ridiculous. What we're talking about is ridiculous. Yeah, okay, but if you're no, the Denver Broncos, so. aren't you going to try everything? After you win this game, aren't you going to say whatever we have to do, whether it's cutting sleeves or, or dialing up things no, for I mean, us? The, the, i got to do whatever I need to do to win these I games. I mean, listen, the Denver Broncos ain't going to win many games <laughs> this year. I mean, the only reason you won a game is because you're playing against the dumpster fire that is the Chicago Bears organization. But you yeah. never had any kind of superstition when you played? You never did anything, wore anything, listened to anything, ate anything? No, I mean, I had my pregame music that I yeah. would listen to, my playlist. Routine. But yeah. yeah, I had that routine, but no, that was it. I'm sure you've seen guys do crazier things than just the sleeve cut. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, some of the stuff is not made for the airwaves, though. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, <laughs> fourth and one, the Bears, it's 28-all. Okay? The Bears have the ball, and they initially call a timeout because it looked as if, it looked as if they were trying to have the the Bears jump off sides. Sorry, the Broncos jump off sides. Right? That doesn't happen they go back out there. You think, okay, well, obviously they're going to kick a field goal there in that spot because you don't let the clock run, call timeout, and then run your offense back out there. They did, and at 28-all, they got stuffed. They didn't even run the football with Justin Fields, and they didn't kick a field goal. And all the Broncos had to do then was go back downfield, led by Russell Wilson, who did have three touchdowns and no picks. I actually got something right. Um, and they, they won the game. I mean, that is inexplicable by Matt Eberflus. The head coach, but he tried to explain it post game as to why he went for it on fourth and one instead of kicking a field goal. Just because of the way we were running it, and it was it was a ha- it was a half a yard, so I, I felt very confident about getting that right there. And uh, you know, every situation is different. You know, you got to look at the game in its entirety. And I, I think that the way we were running the football and the confidence that we had on offense uh, in that moment. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You're talking about a fourth and one at the Denver 18-yard line with 2.52 to go. It's 28-all. You've allowed 21 unanswered, and you're you're winless this year, CeCe. That is a horrible call. That's I first guessed it. I'm sure you guys did also. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Now, in his defense, partially, they did rush for a buck 70. But in that situation, I'm going to put the ball in the hands of my best player on offense, and your best player is Justin Fields. Like, give him a run-pass option. Get him out on the perimeter. If he can use his legs, great. If you have a couple of options for him to throw the football to to convert, that's awesome. I don't like the call. I think you kick the field goal, and then you play defense and see if Russ and company can drive the length of the field. But I just I, – I don't know, man. That, that, that's a tough position to put your team in. Now, again – the Denver Broncos offense came alive in the second half, and maybe he felt like their defense couldn't stop their offense in that moment. But you still got to take the points in that situation because it's a tie ball game. You're talking about less than two minutes to go. Kick the field goal, go up by three, and make their offense beat you. To me, that would be the philosophy. That would be the mindset. And unfortunately for Bears fans today, that's not what he did. Do you think that call and that game yesterday sealed his fate as the head coach of the Bears? Yes, but I also don't know that they have to do that now. Right, but I don't know if there's any changing of minds after that because Justin Fields looked the best that he has all season. He had four passing touchdowns, 335 yards, and it just seems like 
in the Matt Eberflus era, we've had way more questions than answers. We don't have success on the field. He's 3-18. and 18. They've lost 14 in a row. They blow that 21-point lead yesterday. And that's mixed with all of these questions about the development of what's supposed to be your franchise quarterback, drama with, the, with your wide receiver, drama with your coaching staff. I just don't know what you look to to Matt Eberflus to say this is a check in the positive column. Oh, you're not looking to anything from Matt Eberflus or from Justin Fields, as well as Justin Fields played yesterday. It's not going to change the math in terms of what this franchise is going to do. He ain't the dude. Like they, they, like they gave him an opportunity. They passed on a quarterback with the number one overall pick this year where you had Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. C.J. Stroud looks like a stud, by the way, with he the really Texans. Does. We'll get to that later. But you passed on all of those guys to give Justin Fields an opportunity, and he's done very little with that opportunity. Whoever you want to blame, at this point, you have to look at the situation, look at the potential commitment you would have to make with Justin Fields, knowing that his fifth-year option decision is in 2024, knowing that you're going to have to pay him sooner rather than later, and you say to yourself, is the juice worth the squeeze? I don't think we can say that based on what he's shown. So this franchise, if they have a couple of top five picks, they're not passing on a quarterback again. They're going to take a quarterback and they're probably going to have a new head coach and general manager to be the ones to make that decision. So there's nothing that anybody in that Bears building can do about what the franchise should do long term. They're going to push the reset button, let this thing burn to the ground, strip it down to the studs, and rebuild fresh starting next year. Yeah, I think that they will have a new head coach. I don't know about GM. I think Ryan Poles will get a chance to do it, but maybe I'm wrong on that. I think you're wrong on that. Yeah, they also have another situation with Chase Claypool, who they give up a second-round pick to get the wide receiver, and he basically has a healthy scratch yesterday. They they leave him at home. They tell him, don't come to the game. They're going to try to trade him. They're looking for a five or a six for Chase Claypool. Who they gave up a second for. Exactly. Right, And and I don't even know that they're going to get a five or a six because of the fact that it was over. And it was done with. He, they left him at home. There's no spinning like, oh, well, we may keep him. you got to give us a five. They know the, the incoming team will now know he is done. They're a mess. They are an absolute hey, mess. Yesterday was the best case scenario for Bears fans, though. Right. Yesterday is exactly what you want. The lose-lose equals a big win for them because you got the Panthers pick and you got your own. And right now, <laughs> those are one-two. That's what you want to keep doing, baby. Keep trending in that direction, Bears. That's what the fans are looking for. Speaking of losing, a QB got benched yesterday. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.